Uh, welcome to Caching in the Northwest. You know, this is the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest, as well as the official podcast of Geo Woodstock 18. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cachers from here and all around the globe. So while you're stocking up on illegal firepower, we'll be caching in the Northwest. That's right. And that means it's time for us to talk bad about Land Monkey because he's not here. He is, however, on his way down to the Tri-Cities Geocoin Challenge. We talked about that a few episodes back. So if you're heading out there as well, look for him there on Saturday to answer any of your Geo Woodstock 18 questions or, you know, see if you can borrow a handful of Canadian pennies from him. Bonus yeah. points if you can. That's right. And don't worry about borrowing them. Just take them. Yeah, he doesn't want them. Mm-mm. Well, tonight, we're not talking just about pocket change from country up north. We're talking about planning your geocaching trips, not your hikes so much, but the ones where you might take a plane, maybe a train, perhaps an automobile. Mm. And to help us with that, we have Christy of the Geo Travelers. Christy, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. You know, Christy, you remind me that we appreciate the support of our patrons, like <laughs> You and mm-hmm. guess what? The Land Sharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor, because you represent them as well. Yep. If you want to know more about supporting the show, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. And another thing we appreciate are glows. And I'm not just talking about a healthy complexion, but I'm talking about the geocaching log of the week. Whether you wrote it or whether you read it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email or a field recording to feedback at cachingnw.com. Call into 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool right there on the website. I gave you four different ways. And show us how you glow. Yeah, see if you can record a magnetic field. Ooh. Those are my favorite. (laughs) This week's glow was sent in by, let me see if I can do this. Uh, I have no idea if I said that correctly, but you said it great according to me. So this one came in <laughs> via email, not field recording. So you're stuck listening to me. And he says, it's a log on one of my caches by Timothy, the pirate. And it's GCTBX seven stars, stars. And the log reads after a jolly voyage to the vast southwest, I found myself in a hotel not too far from this astral puzzle. I remarked at the celebrities of yore and soon had the captain's coordinates in hand. At the final location, I used me keen senses and stellar luck to locate the booty without delay. I had a harder time looking nonchalant amid the landlubbers. I marked me name on spot 28 of the parchment and returned the treasure chest to its place, checking back later to ensure that it still be the R. Yo ho ho, Timothy the pirate. <laughs> wow, I, thank you. I I I think that would be better than a field recording, but I don't know. You haven't heard Timothy the pirate. That's true. I I am a fan of pirates. Uh, this, this this I know. And all my fans are electric. So there's that. Hey, folks, we are going to be talking about geocaching trips. Surprise, right? I already told you, and you saw it logging into the show tonight, but. If you want to add something and you're listening live, use a hashtag trip right there in the chat to add to tonight's show. And you know what? 
if you're tripping even more, see how I did that? You can use the hashtag FATAS, that's for the after show, and toss something in that we'll talk about later in the after show. You'd think that'd be more seamless, but I wasn't quite ready. I thought that was a good idea at the time. Some, someday you'll get it. I know. So in news this week, we have a thing from Spokane, the Spokash. Ooh, there's an earthquake behind me. The Spokash Fun Geocoin Challenge. Yes. You're like on the Starship Enterprise, aren't you? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Let me lean this way, lean that way. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Spokash Chat Good Geocoin Challenge that kicks off July 5 through 7. That's coming up practically just around the corner in Spokane. That's GC82WVX. Whiskey Victor X-Ray for those of you keeping a store at home. Cool. That's going to be a fun one. I'm hoping to get over there. I'm not sure I can get time off to do it, but you know what? I'm going to try anyway. You know, you're going to Tri-Cities. It's not that much farther to Spokane. Just don't come home. And, you know, it's not that long. It's less than a week. You just yeah, stay. That's what I'm thinking. You know, if there was somebody who could help me with hotel reservations and travel, I might be able to do that. We can hook you up. Okay. Stay tuned. Wish there was somebody to help with Geo Woodstock 18 news, too. If only there was someone. Now, Lion Monkey's gone. You have to do that one yourself. Okay. <laughs> we want to make sure, because we are the official podcast of Geo Woodstock 18, we want to make sure you have all the info you need to plan an unforgettable geocaching celebration in August of 2020. You start your adventure in Seattle August 15th, with the HQ 20th anniversary celebration, that's GC896 uh, Papa Kilo. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could be my new rapper name. Hey, Papa, Papa Kilo. Kilo. No? Moving on. Okay. That, 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 that went flat quickly. Thank <laughs> you very much, people. <laughs> Courtesy laugh is all I'm looking for. Okay. So you're at the... Uh, 20th anniversary celebration right there at Seattle Center. The next day, you're going to go up to Hayak and explore the Tunnel of Light with the Going Ape mega event. Oh, and I know the Ape Queen. Yes, we met the Ape Queen just Mm. last week. I don't know if I could call her that to her face. (laughs) I think she should answer to that. You know, she's going to take it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is a badge of honor. I just, uh, my mama raised me different. Okay, there's a series of side events that will lead you north and then finally wrap up in an amazing experience by making your way just across the border to the first ever Canadian Geo Woodstock in Abbotsford, BC. That's GC86 Victor Delta Foxtrot. Uh, We want you to encourage, uh, we want to encourage you to consider coming. And if so, log your will attend. Now, Christy, Mm-hmm. You have a little inside knowledge on Geo Woodstock 18. A little bit, as I'm one of the co-organizers of it. That's what we were hoping. <laughs> um, how many Willitens have already been logged on this incredible event coming up? I just checked, and it was at 1,400 even. Wow. So anybody listening live tonight, go log your Willitend. We want to see that climb before That's the right. end of the show. It's even now you can make it odd. Yeah. And then even again. That's how it works. Then even more odd. (laughs) Can you make it even more odd? 
Uh, I specialize in that actually. Okay. <laughs> Where would they go to learn all about this? Uh, we just launched our website at geowoodstock.com. Um, so there's lots of helpful information there. Um, we also have a fair bit of information on the event page. So that's a good place to look too. All right. And I understand there's a newsletter on the website as well. Yep. A newsletter just went out to everyone who has signed up for the, the email newsletter list. Um, so that was the first of what we anticipate to be many. We've got lots of ideas of information to get out there. This is exciting. It is. It's going to be the best Geo Woodstock in Canada ever. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> if nothing else, it'll be the biggest Geo Woodstock in Canada ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until the next one. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then the one after that. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm waiting, for the, back. I'm waiting for Geo Woodstock. None of it. Oh. Go way up north. That's a, a territory that I'm yet to, to light up on the map. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's pretty common amongst Canadian geocachers. Yep. Yeah. That's one of the common, reasons why I just want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Christy. We know that you haven't been to none of it yet. No. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like how long you've been geocaching? Any interesting projects you may have been involved with? Um, well, I have been geocaching for 10 years this year. Um, March 7th was actually my anniversary of caching. Um, started out just caching with my husband and uh, we've picked up two kids along the way. And uh I, I work at Land Sharks now, and now I'm co-host of, of Geo Woodstock Canada. So it's been an exciting ride. Wow. So very cool. Sure. Um, now, let's talk about travel geocaching. You, you have a fair bit of experience in this area. Could you tell us what your background is in travel caching? Um, well, it starts way back when my first career before working at Landsharks was actually as a travel agent for 10 years. Um, so I've done a fair bit of travel. You can actually see the map behind me here. Mm -hmm. It's actually got pins for all the countries that I've been to. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I've managed to make it to 31 countries so far. Um, of which 17 were when I was geocaching. I wish I had started caching a few years earlier. Well, yeah. isn't that always the case? Yeah. It is for me. There's so many places I've been I'm like, oh, I wish I geocached then. Yeah. yeah. So travel agent, you have travel experience. Yeah. How do you prepare for geocaching when you know you're going to be traveling somewhere? Or do you maybe do it the other way? Okay, plan uh -huh. the geocaching because never mind. <laughs> I, I tend to geocache where I travel. So it's not, it's not the other way around. So um, certainly the destination is going to be the, the first thing to be decided. So whether it's a family trip um, or if it's a work trip, I mean, I went with Helen from Landsharks out to Cold Lake and out to Swift Current for the West Can Megas. Um, so those were very different trip from what I would do with my family to maybe a more tropical destination. Um, but as for preparing for it, um, so if, if I know it's going to be a very geocaching heavy 
trip, then I'll, I'll just start planning the route and picking the highlights. Um, otherwise, if it's going to be more family low-key on the geocaching, I'll basically pick the tourist highlights and see what geocaches are nearby. The geocaching is really secondary, light up the country, and that makes me happy. Yeah. That's kind of how I've been, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, one geocache in a country, state, province is all you really need. Now, there will be people that will disagree with that statement, (laughs) but I'm just looking to, you know, fill in a country on the map. Yeah, usually keeping with easy traditionals, virtuals, webcam caches, those are the easiest way to do it. So that's why I tend to focus on when traveling. It's when the lamppost skirt is an ideal cache. Yeah. That's when I found the ones that are just outside the hotel room or something when I'm, especially when I'm traveling for work and don't have any free time. Yeah. Try to grab those quick, easy ones. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I've often said every geocache has its place. And yes, you know, finding those lamppost skirts near a hotel when it's in your town, you think, well, this is silly. But when you're a visitor and, you know, you've stopped here unexpectedly, mm-hmm. that's a great way to grab a quick geocache. So, yeah. That's how I got the state of Colorado. I got uh, the state of Illinois getting a virtual cache in Chicago airport. Ah, aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Now with the new virtual caches, some virtual 1.0 and 2.0, uh, there are several in airports that make quick, easy stops when you have a layover of, you know, more than just running to the next um Gate. Gate. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hoping you get on the plane. Yeah. Uh, so how do you select destinations to travel to? It's really just a personal choice um, where life is, is allowing me to go. I mean, certainly work takes me to some interesting places. I've been to GeoCoin Fest down in Seattle and, like I said, out to Swift Current and Cold Lake. Um, for personal trips, it's just kind of a, an ever-evolving priority list. I basically want to go everywhere. Where can I go next? <laughs> I see there's some spots on your map behind you that don't have a pin in them. So, Yeah, there's a lot. It's a big world. I don't tend to choose to go to the same place twice. It's just too much to see. Nice. Um, is there one place that uh, you, you're just, you just have to go see? It's on your bucket list before you kick that their bucket? Really high on my bucket list is getting to Jordan. I want to see Wadi Rum, and I want to see Petra. I want to see the Dead Sea. Um, It's very high on my bucket list. That would be amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it's been, there's a lot of those places that that have been high on my list for years and years and probably will just stay on the list. (laughs) You never know. It could happen. Yeah. Um, What, uh, so you're going to do a little traveling coming up here in 2020, at least to come down this way. You're going to add anything else into that? Yeah. So we're planning to um, definitely get to the 20th anniversary celebrations in Seattle. Um, We'll probably skip going Ave. We've 
been there before, log that. Um, maybe eventually once the kids are older, I'll get back and do the tunnel because it was actually closed when I got the Ape Cache back in 2010. Um, it was the first time we went to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was an amazing experience hiking up to it um, and it being the, you know, the original placement then, not yeah. the, um, the post-archiving. Right. <laughs> so It's the same placement. Yeah. Same container. It's just the second go around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so after 20th anniversary, we're going to take a few days, go down. I, in 10 years, have not yet made it down to the original stash cache. Mm. It's time. So we're going to do that and then head back up north and start preparing for the big event. Nice. Oh, you've, yeah, you've got to get the original stash. It's it's one of those must-dos in the geocaching world. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from HQ. Exactly. I mean, yeah. in, a, in a car. It's a time. <laughs> So when you're planning a trip or when anybody's planning a trip, we often have two two options. You're a travel agent, and I'm sure that you would say, well, book a travel agent. But I know that I have often just planned things myself. What what are the advantages and or disadvantages of using a travel agent versus just, you know, calling up Expedia and spinning the dice and asking William Shatner to book my hotel for me? Um, the <laughs> Big selling feature of a travel agent is knowledge, experience. They literally do travel day in, day out. Um, they get lots of feedback from clients, lots of um, seminars and training from different hotels and destinations. So um, they can certainly make the research part of it a lot simpler because they know what's good and what's not. And they'll usually, a good travel agent, will figure out what kind of trips you've done, what kind of trips you liked and didn't like, and really customize their recommendations to, to your budget and your lifestyle. So they can really narrow it down quick. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so doing it on our own, you know, we're going to look at things like Yelp and other reviews and hope that this hotel is as good as it is in the pictures? Pretty much. You're, you're basically going on other people's words, but everyone has different likes and dislikes. So something I like, you might not like. So you really can't go by online reviews for travel. Re uh, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. in a general scheme, you can just in terms of, you know, is the hotel a total dump? And, you know, it was leaking, but in terms of the nitty gritty, yeah, it's not the best way. You might get to the best exotic Marigold Hotel that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome movie. It was a fun movie. Yeah. Wits End, you've had some interesting hotel experiences. Uh, I've had a couple here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember that. <laughs> um, now, Christy, how would you balance uh trip planning for a geocacher whose spouse maybe is what we would call a snuggle muggle, not a hardcore cacher. And, you know, who isn't really excited to go out and find every geocache under every lamppost in this metro area that you're visiting? 
You really have to take that into consideration when, when you're planning a trip. If you are so gung-ho on geocaching that you have to get them all, maybe go with somebody else. <laughs> 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 Find another really keen gung-ho geocacher to go with you. Or, yeah, otherwise you're going to have to really struggle to convince your snuggle muggle. Um, so my husband isn't as into geocaching as I am. So we certainly tend to just get a few geocaches where it's really on our route and don't mm -hmm. deviate too much. Well, maybe if you brought that other geocacher with you at the same time, you could run back and forth, kind of like a, a Mrs. Doubtfire scene where you go family here and geocaching there and don't let the two of them meet. That sounds dangerous. It does, actually. but <laughs> You know, it worked well for most of the movie. Most of it, yeah. Keyword, most. <laughs> most, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this very situation is coming up. Uh, my wife is going with me to the Tri-Cities. And actually, we ended up spending a little more on a hotel that had you know, a pool and a hot tub and, you know, some nice amenities rather than just a Motel 6 because all I'm looking for is to spend the night, get up in the morning to go uh, so that she can stay there during the day while I do geocaching. We'll come back, pick her up and head on out. So that's always an option. Yeah. But that works well for one day. <laughs> <laughs> it could work longer. It could. Depends on how nice the hotel is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, GSM times two in the chat says uh, one disadvantage of Expedia and others is that if there's a screw up, the traveler is on his own with those companies. Is that same? Is this is that the same with a travel agent? No, the travel agent is there for you. They rely on happy returning clients, so they're going to do everything they can to to take care of you and make sure that whatever's going wrong gets fixed and they've got the connections to do so. There you go. That right there makes it worthwhile. So Absolutely. if something goes wrong, you can contact that travel agent and say, Hey, the, this, this didn't work or, you know, yeah, this place is under construction. There's a jackhammer on the other side of the wall here and I can't sleep. Yeah. And not that, that would ever happen. <laughs> It's definitely happened. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, no, the hotel's not under construction. I don't know what you're hearing. <laughs> In that case, find another hotel. Yeah. Pack your plugs. Yeah. And Ambien. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe lots of Ambien. And don't go to the Dominican Republic. Yes. Yeah, that, I, no, just no. Yeah. That's 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 my travel tip for the night. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I, yeah, signing off now. But. Good night. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's see. Stephen at Infinitum says, I drove 21 hours to make it to the Tri-Cities. Mm. No cash is on the way. My snuggle muggle just wanted to get to the destination. Ooh. Probably booked the uh, same hotel that you're going to be staying in, I'm sure. Yeah. No, could, could very well be. Yeah. Uh, that's in past tense. I drove. So, okay. That may have been a year or two ago. Could have been. Okay. Christy. Things have changed up in the Tri-Cities since then. 
No, nothing's changed. It's exactly as when I lived there. Umpteen years ago. There. Yeah. 1999. I was going to say it was 20 plus years ago. It was when I, you know, it's when you had to party. When my daughter was an infant. Yes. <laughs> so, been a while. And before my daughter was born. <laughs> okay. Christy? Huh? If you had a top three tips, and these should be pro tips because you are uh, a professional. We're looking at you for this advice. What should anyone consider when planning a trip where they'll be caching? And what, what would these tips be? Number one, and this is definitely from personal experience, is do your research about any of the highlight caches in the area that you're going to. Um, a few years ago, I went to Ireland for my cousin's wedding. So it's very heavy on the family activities, um, while also wanting to see Ireland. I'd never been there before. But it wasn't until I got home that I realized we had driven right past GC43, which was Europe's first cache. Mm. So it's a huge regret that we didn't just stop and get it. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> wow. Okay. How would you look for these um, big, important geocaches? Most of the big important ones, um, nowadays you can filter it by the number of favorite points. Um, they'll certainly come up on your search That's a good uh, thing, yeah. high on the list. Favorite points are a great way to, to plan travel geocaching. Um, uh, they'll definitely be in the easier to get to areas typically, um, certainly popular tourist hotspots. Very I did the same thing on a smaller scale last summer. I had to do a road trip for work. I drove from Seattle to Houston, Texas. Didn't I was driving a, a big work truck, didn't really have the ability to go off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. So I just grabbed a cache wherever I stayed in a hotel that night or wherever I stopped for lunch. Didn't make any specific stops for geocaching. And then I got home and somebody said, well, you grabbed Mingo, right? And I said, <laughs> what, what's a Mingo? I'd never even heard of Mingo. And so then I went back, looked at the map. Yeah, I drove on that. It's it's at the end of a highway off ramp on oh, the highway I was on. So I probably drove within 100 yards of 100 meters of Bingo and didn't pull off the freeway. I could have grabbed that one. Which is the U.S.'s oldest active cache. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, we all have opportunities to fix those mistakes. <laughs> You're going to go back that way, right? Uh, there's a good chance I am, but it's kind of also fun just to annoy people with the fact that I drove right past Mingo and didn't get it. <laughs> Mingo, I don't care about Mingo. <laughs> Not in the Northwest. That's right. Next. <laughs> okay, Christy. One point is do your research. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your second point? Second is just be realistic about what you're actually going to be able to accomplish geocaching while traveling. Um, the reality is you are not going to be able to get them all. It's not going to happen unless you're going to a country with like a handful of caches. Yeah, I think Land Monkey could do it, but Luxembourg. Luxembourg uh, probably still has a fair number. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. I don't, I don't know a smaller country than Luxembourg. Luxembourg mm -hmm. is also very mountainous, so you might have to do a couple decent hikes to get them. Mm -hmm. Okay, that one's out then. Maybe you went yeah. down to Ghana or something. 
You know, you know, in when I was in Africa in very early 2000s, I, I've looked back since, and there was only five or six geocaches in the entire country. Yeah, see, you so, could have done that. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe Monaco. Hmm. It's not a very big country, and it's pretty flat. I think. I've never been there. Let's go find out. Let's go do a trip. Oh, it's research. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christy. Okay. Research. Be realistic. What's your third point? Number three, you're going on a trip. Enjoy the journey. It's not about, you know, finding all the caches and it's not even about finding everything on your list that you research of caches. Don't forget to actually enjoy seeing the country and experiencing the food and the people. Um, travel is such an amazing thing and it's absolutely changed my life. Nice. Well, and you've, you've already mentioned the map behind you yeah. for those watching on video. Of if you look closely, you can see some pins in there where she's mm-hmm. the map's not full yet. There's still places to explore. Absolutely. My favorite country that I've been to so far um, is actually one of the few that I've gone back to twice is Vietnam. I've heard great things about travel to Vietnam. It's spectacular. I could live there in a heartbeat. The Top Gear episode was pretty good there too. That was an awesome episode. I actually, I watched that episode in Vietnam (laughs) on a junk in Halong Bay. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get better than that. That's like a mic drop. Let's go home now. (laughs) She's looking at the screen going, yep, that's right there. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well played. Well played. Uh, GSM times two says Andorra only has a few caches. Uh, There was one other. Oh, uh, back to Stephen at Infinitum's 21-hour road trip to the Tri-Cities. He left his wife in Montana. Hmm. Now, I'm hoping he dropped her off. I hope that was intentional, yeah. Yeah, the the wording there is a little ambiguous. Um, But I'm thinking he left her somewhere, maybe with family, maybe at a hotel, or on the side of the road. Or a gas station. Or a gas station, yeah. (laughs) A gas station, a quarter, go make a phone call. You'll be good. Yeah. What could go wrong? (laughs) Well, that's a list for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, one of the most important tips about any travel, any vacation, any road trip you take is if you're going somewhere, make sure you've got data or hotel room Wi-Fi so that on Thursday nights, you can turn into caching the Northwest. That's right. Well, and we've talked several times on this show that, you know, traveling, especially overseas with your phone can be expensive and um, problematic, shall we say. Unless you do a little (gasps) pre-planning. A little pre-planning. And who could help with something like that? Like a travel agent? Um. Probably not with the nitty gritty of downloading pocket queries. No, but with getting a way of using your phone and data in a country. Um, they could certainly help offer some tips and tricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, as for, for actually going offline 
with geocaching. Um, I tend to download pocket queries and have offline maps. Um, I use not usually the, the official geocaching app, though I did just discover on my last trip that it actually works pretty well where you download caches to a list and then you can um, get that entire list offline and it gets the maps and everything all in one fell swoop. So it's actually pretty slick. You know, most of the modern geocaching apps do a really good job in offline mode, getting maps and what have you. Um, As you've been traveling and getting geocaches, have you found it difficult to get to some geocache locations, being able to, um, well, convince a bus driver or a taxi driver to get you to a location? Or are you just finding them where you happen to be? I have certainly gotten in a taxi and gone to get a cache. I actually had a long layover in Houston a number of years ago. And uh, what better to do with a lot of time than to leave the airport, get a cache, and that actually lit up Texas for me. Uh, So it was pouring rain outside, and I said to the taxi driver, okay, I need you to go to this road. And I'm like, okay, stop. And we were in such a random location. It's like, really? You want me to stop here? I'm like, yep, okay. (laughs) Just let me get out for 30 seconds. And I got absolutely drenched, but I signed the log, got back in. I'm like, all right, let's go back to the airport. (laughs) Done. (laughs) So he looked at me like I had three heads. And he told his wife, I picked up this (laughs) (laughs) I drove them out in the middle of nowhere. They got out, they got back in, and that was it. I don't know what they did. (laughs) Oh, they're used to that. They, you know, take drug dealers all the time, right? That's probably true. Probably what he thought. I don't know. Oh, that's, that's a topic for another show. We need to find, uh, cab drivers who have had interesting stories. That'd be fun. I think every cab driver has interesting stories. I think so. (laughs) But we need to find them with some interesting geocaching stories. So if you are a cab driver or know a cab driver that has interesting geocaching stories, give us a call, 253-693-TFTC. We want to hear them. You know, we are getting some interesting information in the chat about uh, international data plans. Uh, let's see. Love them or hate them. My T-Mobile plan lets me get data in Canada at no extra charge. Um Alarobic says $7 Canadian is like 50 cents US. It's actually $5 US. Um, I expect a US carrier will have roaming rates in Canada. In Canada, we pay about $7 Canadian a day when we travel to the US for data roaming. Um, And he also says that Canada tends to have very high data rates. Best to get something in advance with your carrier before you go. Um, oh, oh, sorry. It's Highlands guy. Yeah. RF guy. Uh, he did the exact same thing, uh, in Houston. He got an Uber to a cache. There you go. I wonder if it was the same one. (laughs) (laughs) It could very well be. Well, just, it should just be called the Uber cache. Here's the Uber driver. We'll give you his name and number. Call him. He'll come and get you at the airport. Well, and I might throw out, if if it's an option, you can look and see if there's going to be an event. If you're going to be in one area for a while, see if there's an event there. Go and meet some of the local geocachers, and I bet 
somebody there would be happy to help. You know, yeah. if you know in advance where you're going to be, you could throw your own event. You could. You could host is the proper word. You can host your own event and come and and that way you have the local cashers come and meet you and find out what interesting stories you've done and which Uber driver isn't too weirded <laughs> out by taking you go. to a cash. <laughs> or have the locals actually host the event on your behalf in case something happens with your travel plans that you don't show up to your own event. Ooh, that could be problematic. That sounds like the voice of experience. We in Victoria are a cruise ship destination, which has a lot of events held by cashers. And sometimes that ship, it's just too windy. It doesn't make it into dock. And so they wave from the deck. And we're all celebrating on land without them. So their ship literally did not come in. Literally. Okay. So it's always a good idea to have locals actually host the event on your behalf. That's a great idea. There you go. And, you know, when you do that, so how would you contact them? You'd find a local cashier with maybe a cash with a lot of favorite points, thinking they probably know the area. They've probably been there a while. Um, and the locals are going to know the locations that are easy to get to and to that, that are event friendly. Exactly. Another real benefit of having the locals host it. Um, we've certainly had some strange locations chosen by visiting cruisers in Victoria. It's like, why did you host it there in the middle of rush hour? <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. It looked good on the map. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, if you're going to host an event, look back at previous events in the area. Find one that, you know, seems everybody seems happy and jump in and take take that spot. Okay, folks. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, you know, you've you've changed my mind about travel agents. Cool. I'm going to start using them on my next trips. I think that's really the way to go. I used one of on my last trip. Oh, I didn't. That was five years ago, but well. It was a trip. Yeah, it was my last vacation. <laughs> well, folks, thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Now, next week, we are going to talk about Spokash Fun with JD and Lisa. That's the Spokane Geocaching Challenge. Mm -hmm. And then on the 11th, when, you know, next week is the 4th of July. Everybody remember that? Now, it happens every year after the 3rd, before the 5th. And it's a couple of days after Canada Day. Yes. Yeah, that's really what it is. Three days after Canada Day, we do a little something. Uh, <laughs> July 11th, we are doing Mystery at the Museum and Geocaching Etiquette, etiquette with Rock Chalk. I must learn to enunciate my words before I talk etiquette with etiquette. Rock Chalk. Yes, we always love having Rock Chalk on the podcast. Great guest. And then following that, we're going to have another repeat guest in Keats, who's going to talk about footwear. Footwear is so very important. But once again, we want to take a moment to thank Landsharks, our corporate Denali-level sponsor. Landsharks.ca is the outdoor adventure store. I'd, let me do this again. Maybe it's the shark that distracted me. <laughs> Landsharks.ca is the outdoor 
Adventure and Geocaching Store. Check them out online or go in person and visit their store in Victoria, BC. They're open six days a week, except holidays, and they ship online orders every day. Every day. And you know who you might meet at the store? Our guest, Christine. That could happen. She's been known to show up there a time or two. <laughs> Probably six days a week. Pretty close. Not six, five. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Helen right. and Chris any ideas. <laughs> uh, some days I feel like I work eight days a week, me and the Beatles. Well, I also want to thank our faithful Denali level supporters. That would be Land Sharks, JPGO Designs, Bounce Bounce, Limax, Team Squirrel, and WorldCaching.com. If you would like to know more about supporting the show, head over to the CachingNW.com website and click that Patreon link. That's right. And of course, we like to mention all of our patrons each and every show, like Broncos Fan for Life, Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kevin MacD, Subway Mark, Dora Moore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, GeoNav Pros, Wino Seattle, Acker Duck, Billy Robson, Genies, Antaeus, Keats 94, Trexer Zero, MC3 Cats, Kennel Barb, M Nerve, Wet Coaster and Green Words, Segehove, Allerobic, Keepers of the Cash Flow, Highlands Guy, The Geo Travelers, yay! Hey! <laughs> uh, Boomers 365, GSN Times 2, and Kitty Quest. Yay! Oh, we appreciate all of our patrons. That's so wonderful. So, until next week, if people wanted to reach out and get in touch with us, let's go extend it to our guest. Christy, do you have ways that pe you would like for people to reach out and get in touch with you, whether, whether it be for geocaching tips on the cache you hid or travel agent tips or maybe to book a vacation through you? Um, well, I do have an Instagram page, which is um, at Seymour World. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on, of course, the geocaching you can just message me through the geo travelers account um, and certainly you'll be able to contact me via the uh the geo woodstock event that's right i'll be there i'm everywhere <laughs> <laughs> thank uh, you wits and what about you where can people stalk you i mean uh follow you online <laughs> thursday nights right here on Wits End on Facebook, Twitter, and geocaching.com as well. And I don't sing my jingles or nothing. Can you, Chris? You don't want me to sing my jingles. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, I'm Caching NW. Facebook, I'm Caching NW. On Instagram, I'm Caching in the Northwest. Better yet, don't worry about writing all that down because we know you're going 20 miles an hour on I-5 right now. Just head on over to cachingnw.com slash host, read our bios, find all those links that we just mentioned. But most of all, folks, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. You can call 253-693-TFTC. I did say it right. It didn't sound right. And leave us a comment. Ask us this question. Send us room service any time of the day or night. And of course, you can email us at feedback at cashingnw.com. Your support helps keep the quality shows coming. If you like this show, click the Patreon link on the cashingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Give us a thumbs up or a review. 
This show is produced by Chris Umfenauer, Jim Paulwitz, and Jay Kennedy. This show is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, copyright 2019 by Chris Umfenauer. And folks, we ask you to stay tuned for The After Show. <sighs> the After Show. Let's see. Uh, going back to uh, Stephen and Infinitum's marital issues and road trip. <laughs> you saw his comment there. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of time with the counselor after that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let me do a quick search for Fatas and see what we have. I think we were pretty light on the after Ooh, show. Going comment, to the Tri-Cities. I am. And I think that answers two questions. <laughs> um, because Bounce Bounce asked, are you going to the Tri-Cities? Yes. There you go. I'm going to the Tri-Cities. All of them. All four of them. All four of the Tri-Cities. Isn't that the way to do it? That's right. Isn't that the funniest thing? Is there actually four cities there? Yes. Little old West Richland. Yeah, Richland kind of split into Richland and West Richland. So, yep. so they, they never used to include West Richland when I lived there as one of the Tri-Cities. Yeah, it was there, but you didn't talk about it. Um, I It was one of my favorite, to be honest with you. I liked West Richland. But uh, yeah, so now it's an official part of the Tri-Cities Geocoin Challenge. Is it an incorporated city? Yes. Maybe it wasn't when you lived there. Maybe it was just a region. Could have been. I don't know. You know what? We could Google that. But that's not this show. <laughs> Anything else in the after show notes? I don't think so. Sit around and talk to the travel agent about her worst travel horror stories? Ooh. <laughs> oh, wait. Maybe that's not tonight. <laughs> that's that's a whole other show. <laughs> I could do an anecdote about the most interesting travel experience I had. Okay. Uh, which also happened in Vietnam. Uh, so first trip there, uh, it was a few months after I got married, and it was actually a travel agent fam. So I went off, left my new husband at home, and halfway through the trip, uh, there was actually a large typhoon headed right for where we were. Ice. And so the the tour company that was taking us around, they they figured the best thing to do was to just stay put. Uh, we couldn't get any flights out of the area. So they kept us in. It was a very solid hotel, concrete construction. And I basically sent my husband a quick email saying, this is about to hit us. Basically, there's probably going to be no power, no internet for who knows how long after I'll message when I can and silence. <laughs> so that was definitely an experience to see and experience a typhoon and how they recovered very quickly after that. I mean, they deal with it a lot over there. So incredible. Wow. That, uh, and, and how long were you incommunicado? I think it was about two days by the time it was all said and done with, because the, the typhoon took a while to, to hit. 
Um, and then we kind of anticipated the the second half of the storm after the Ida hit and it kind of petered out, but then we had to get to a different area. And yeah, it was a little bit until I finally was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. I <sighs> can't imagine that, uh, you know, with loved one. I mean, communication today is is so instant. But you know, I remember when I was driving back and forth to college. You know, hey, I'll call you when I get there. Yeah, because there was no way to communicate on the road. And you call when you got. I made it home safe. Okay, bye. Somewhere in my box of family heirloom stuff, I actually have a telegram that my dad sent to his parents when he got overseas during World War II that arrived safely or something or maybe it was just to the east coast before he shipped out but yeah you had to wait for the telegram to come wow yeah there you know and travel then wasn't one day it wasn't you know instantaneous it right took a while it took a while and then you had to wait for the communication to catch up Mm -hmm. uh trexer says i didn't think typhoons appeared so suddenly it wasn't so sudden, but just where we were, we couldn't get out of there. Mm-hmm. And it, I think the storm kind of veered at the last second to head to where we were. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of notice. So one question or one statement that Dora Moore brings up, she says travel insurance is a must. Now, yes. how important is travel insurance when you're, you know, let's say you're doing this trip to Vietnam. And... um the typhoon hits, you know, you've got your ticket already purchased, but you can't make it out. Yeah, so insurance is so important. And there's there's different components to travel insurance. There's medical insurance and there's trip cancellation interruption insurance. Medical, if that's the only one you buy, you've got to have medical insurance. Uh, when I used to be a travel agent, we actually dealt with the largest insurance claim that the insurance company had ever um, had. It was a 16-year-old girl who had a heart attack in Disneyland. You didn't see that one coming. No. And that was a million and a half dollar claim. What? Can you imagine if the family didn't have that medical insurance? And that's within the U.S.? I mean, yeah, well, they were Canadians they were, traveling yeah, in the that's U.S. True. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but that that was absolutely astounding to see that. Um, and then the other component is the trip interruption cancellation insurance. So, cancellation is everything leading up to leaving home. Um, so, it would cover you for if you got in a car accident or your house burnt down and you couldn't travel. Um, so that's cancellation. Interruption is once you're gone. So that would cover something like the typhoon interrupting mm-hmm. your trip. So let, let's bring up that. I, I'm not that familiar with travel insurance. So uh, let's use the typhoon experience. So you were there at least a couple of extra days. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had travel insurance, but would the insurance have covered the room and board while you were there? Yeah, so it would have covered the extra time needed at the hotel, it would have covered, you know, change fees on, you know, we ended up flying out on a different day to, to our next destination. Um, so it took care of all of that. 
that's what interruption insurance is for. You never know when something's going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. I would expect that it would cover the airline changes, but I didn't know if it covered, you know, extending the hotel stay. Yep. Wow. That, that alone makes it worthwhile, doesn't it? Yep. Okay. You know what? I'm going to use a travel agent and get some uh, travel insurance next time I go traveling. Smart plan. Okay. I'm, I'm sold. Now I just have to find one that understands geocaching. Well, that's actually an important thing too, is that travel agents are like any other person in your life. They're not all the same sort of mindset. So you might have to try a couple to find one that you really mesh with. Once you do, stick with them. Be mm-hmm. loyal. Let them get to know you and they'll work magic in your travels. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I've I've looked into travel agents before. We were looking to take a cruise and it just seemed like they wanted to sell us products. It didn't. They didn't necessarily want to find out about us, but about what they could sell us is what it felt to me. And it's like, no, nah, it's a turnoff. I don't, but I'm going to give it another shot. Yeah. Yeah. The travel agent I used for my, my trip to Hawaii, mm-hmm. she said, now I think she does this more for favors for personal friends. I don't know that this is exactly a business model, so I'm not going to recommend this for everybody. But she said that there are deals that come up, especially for Hawaii, where it's typically fairly expensive to fly there. But every now and then there'll be these lightning deals that just pop up out of the blue. And she says, I have a few good friends that I have their credit card information on file and instructions with a spending limit that if you see a deal come up, buy the tickets. Wow. (laughs) So how about that? You can't beat that. That's a that's a personal travel agent right there. Yeah. And and a friend. Yeah. Um so wit's end. The same goes for me. If you uh, if you see one of these deals, let me know. We'll go together. Okay, yeah. Give me your credit card information and we'll be good to go. Yeah. Oh, so GSM times 2 says so can I use a Canadian travel agent? You could. Um, in fact, we've partnered with a travel agent for Geo Woodstock um, who will be able to help anyone who contacts her with travel plans. So um, you certainly could. Okay, there you go. And Seabeck uh, Tribe says, what great information about travel insurance? See, that makes the, the after show completely worth it. You just never know what you're going to get the after show in the after show. You might just get, but sometimes you get real good information in the after show. There we go. I'm done now. (laughs) 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 My dad's like, please stop. (laughs) Okay. I think most of the people are like, please stop folks. Thank you for joining us until next week. Get out and get cashing in the Northwest.